welcome to The Well Podcast. We hope that this message will help you grow in your faith and give you practical ways to strengthen your relationships. To find out more, visit thewell.ca. How do I grow? That's a question we are asking together as a community in this season. And regardless of whether you are a person of faith, whether you're new to the church, whether you are feeling stuck in your life right now or you're thriving, wherever you happen to be in your journey, in your life stage, um, this is a question. I think that's actually an innate pursuit um, as what it means to be human. We all want to grow or we all want to become more than who we are. We all have a dream or a vision or a picture uh, of, of what we might be, the person we might be. And even if we're saying, no, I don't have any goals, I don't have any, partly maybe that's because we felt like, oh, we were never able to become what we wanted to be. Growth, I think, is built into what it means to be human and the desire for growth. But we asked this question, well, what kind of growth is it? You know, is it um, just the accumulation of more? You know, when we think about like, um, growth, often this idea of growth and more are, are synonymous for us. They kind of mean the same things. We think to have more is to grow, right? So if you go and check your investments or you invest in the stock market, more is better. You just want more and an increased exponential accumulation of the same thing. More is better. You don't want to see negative numbers when you're getting your reports for your investments or your bank account or whatever. You don't want to see the red. You want to see black. You want to see more. Or if you were like me when you were a kid and you were little, I was so little and so scrawny, all I wanted was more. I wanted more height, I wanted more muscle, that's what I wanted, right? Maybe some of you can relate to that. Like we just want more, bigger, better. I didn't even care how, I was gonna buy whatever potion on the back of the comic book they were offering <laughs> alongside that thing that allows you to print money for free, I don't know. Anyways, and sea monkeys. That was my life growing up. I just wanted more of that, more capability. We want more square footage, more land, more whatever, more and grow for us seem to be kind of the same thing. And, and beyond just like kind of muscle and money, you know, we want um, more happiness, more joy, more purpose, more love, more acceptance. More is growth for us. And yet we started our journey actually a couple weeks ago, if you missed it or if you just forgot, um, with this idea of what the biblical writers use as the most common metaphor for what true growth is and that of a tree. And what's significant about this, the idea of a tree is that it is both plugged into or rooted in a life-giving source. And then as a result, becomes a life-giving source. Jesus actually described it this way, that a tree that has roots that grows down deep into the water, not only grows strong and stable and steady and healthy, but as it becomes a mature tree, it is able to give um, like a home for the birds of the air. It's able to give shade for animals and human beings from hot sun. It's able to give fruit and sustenance to the world, to nature and creation around it. So it not only is plugged in or rooted in a life-giving source, it becomes a life-giving source, which is to say this, that growing involves giving. It, as a part of growth, giving is a part of growth, not as in like, hey, I'm going to wait till I'm fully strong and stable and then I will give, but we actually grow as we give and as we give, we grow. It's this idea of um, and, and I'm not talking about money, so you can just relax and you're like, oh, no, I'm talking about something way harder. <laughs> it's actually this idea about serving, that serving is actually a key part of growing. 
And here's the lens we're using to, to look at growth in this, in this series is what we call our faith catalysts. Um, and the faith catalyst we're looking at today is serve side by side. This idea that serving is one of the things that catalyzes growth in your faith, in your life. And remember we said faith isn't just about one compartment of your life. Faith or your growth in your relationship with God actually has a holistic impact on every part of mind, soul, body, relationships, um, self that to grow in our faith, we actually need to do, we can't make growth happen, but as we give God opportunities, he will grow us. And that's what our faith catalysts are. And today we're looking at the faith catalysts serve side by side. Now, I know immediately as I say that, you think, oh yeah, yeah, this is about giving back. This is about volunteering. You know, even some of you kids are in high school now. That's like an important component of your graduation now. We've actually made it a graduation requirement that you would volunteer a certain number of hours, all of which is good. But serving is so much more than volunteering. And I want to give us actually a whole new perspective for how we think about growth and how we think about serving as a key part of growth. So we're gonna be looking at that today. Now, one of the key um, things we've understood in this journey so far is that um, the community of faith, who we are together, plays such an important role in, our, in growing our faith. And a couple of weeks ago, we talked about it this way. We said um, that in private, faith dies, but together, faith multiplies right? That we can't be, our faith is personal, but it's not private. In fact, if it's only private, it'll die. But together, faith multiplies. And then last week, we talked about the fact that if you're going to grow, you can't be going alone, right? You're not going to grow if you're going alone. And today, I want to actually give even more kind of uh, perspective or a, a richer, fuller, deeper perspective on what it means to serve together and how that can actually grow our faith in tremendous ways. Now, the passage we're going to look at is um, just a section of a letter. If you think about it, if we found this fragment of a letter between one of the early Jesus followers, the Apostle Paul, and a church that he was writing to. A, a lot of, there's a lot of letters, actually, that are preserved for us through the centuries in the New Testament between church leaders and their churches to help us understand what does it mean to be a community of faith? What does it mean to grow together in faith? And in this particular letter, uh, it's actually what we're going to read today is just almost a throwaway comment that the Apostle Paul makes. And chances are you've either never read this verse before or when you read it, you just kind of rolled right on past it and it didn't even register with you at all. And the reason I say that is because that's exactly my experience with it. I'm sure I've read this before, but it never registered with me as meaning anything significant. One of those kind of Bible things you're like, oh yeah, that's just what people say in the Bible. <laughs> Until I heard actually a pastor just mention it. He mentioned it in passing and it blew my mind. And I thought, oh my gosh, this is a whole new way to think about what it means to grow as we serve together. And I'm hoping that you have the same experience today, even as we talk about it. So first, we're going to listen to the verse, and then we're going to uh, sit in it together. But you know that Timothy has proved himself, because as a son with his father, he has served with me in the work of the gospel. I hope, therefore, to send him as soon as I see how things go with me. And I am confident in the Lord that I myself will come soon. By way of saying something else or on his way to make another point, the Apostle Paul mentions uh, someone in the faith community that he knew that he had a personal relationship with, that the church that 
he was from knew about. And he calls this person, or refers to them in a way that gives us such a beautiful picture of what it means to serve together in uh, the family of faith. He says this, he talks about his, his brother Epaphroditus. He says, this is my brother, my coworker, and my fellow soldier. He's just referring to somebody. He says, he's my brother, my coworker, and my fellow soldier. And in this very short description of this individual that Paul knew from the church family, we get such a rich perspective of what it means to be together in this community. First, he calls Epaphroditus, his friend, his brother. He says, this is my brother, which is to say the church is a family. And in any healthy, kind of vibrant, functional family, it becomes an environment of love and care and acceptance as people serve each other, right? Now, I know not all of us came from what we would call healthy, vibrant, or functional families. But even if you didn't, or even if it was few and far between, you know there was some picture, even if it was some TV show you watched, that families are supposed to be communities where relationships of love are built and strengthened, and that love is expressed in care and acceptance and doing things for each other. That there's a very, there's an active nature to being a family of love, care, and acceptance together, right? Like you don't volunteer to clean the bathrooms in your house for your family. Now I know maybe some of you don't do it at all, and so there needs to be a sign-up sheet. When we were, when our kids were young, we had the a chore wheel, which was probably the original wheel, unfortunate. But anyways. Um, so you may have to sign up, but really like you don't volunteer, you don't volunteer to bring a cup of honey and hot water and lemon to your sibling or to a parent when they're sick in bed. You don't volunteer to go visit grandma at the hospital. Don't put a sign up sheet, right? Why? That would be, be ridiculous. It's family. When you are in close relationships together of love and care and acceptance, there's this mutual service that is naturally supposed to happen um, it doesn't mean it's easy, but it happens in the context of all of relationships um, that are healthy and vibrant and functioning. And so Paul describes one of the other people in the church community as a brother, which is to say we are part of a family. But then he goes on. He says, he is my coworker. And I, and I don't want you to think like kind of, you know, someone who works in the office with me or someone who works on the construction crew with me. Think about coworker in the context of a body, like body parts. Actually, the word there is synergazo, which is where we get the idea of synergy from. Synergy just means that the sum of the parts or the parts together all connected are greater. Um, the whole is greater than even the parts added together. That something new is formed when the parts all come together. Not something mechanical, something organic and powerful. And Paul says, yeah, you're my coworker. <laughs> Think about it in a sense that you're, the parts of the body work together. In, in, in a body, a physical body, each of the parts, none of the parts can do work for themselves, nor can they do work by themselves. In fact, we're not, you, you, you're not even conscious of this now, except when I say it, you will be, that in a sense, your, your skeletal system, your nervous system, your respiratory system, um, your muscular system, all of the systems are working together and blood flow and breath and everything is animating your body and all of the parts are working in a very orchestrated way. If you were just simply to stand up or sing or walk out of the room or walk back into the room or eat something or drink something, 
all of the parts of your body would actually have to function in a very seamlessly orchestrated organic way to do one thing. That's what the body does. The, the parts cannot work for themselves. They don't work by themselves and they do one thing together. I know you multitaskers are like, no, they do multiple things. You can have that. Studies just say there's no such thing as multi multitasking. But anyways, right? You're, you're focused on something together, but in an orchestrated seamless way. That's what Paul means when he says, this person is my coworker. They are another part in the body with me and we are connected together. We don't work for ourselves as body parts. We can't do work by ourselves. We work together in a seamless way and there's a connection, an organic connection. So he says, this is my brother, this is my coworker. And then he says, this is my fellow soldier, which right off the bat in our 21st century Western sensibilities, we're like, oh no, holy war and stuff. It's not what he's talking about. We know that the, the family of God, the church, is not an army that wages war and sheds blood on other people, even though historically the church has. And we know that that's just so categorically against what we were meant to be because Jesus, who is the center of our faith, the head of the church, actually shed his blood for his enemy. He did not wage war. He did not pick up arms. This idea of soldier is actually describing the fact that we're not just a family. We're not just a body. We are a movement. We're a movement. We are, in a sense, a community of people side by side working together with God on his mission. That God is on the move. God is on a mission. God has started Jesus. The Jesus movement is carrying out the mission of God to bring salvation and healing and redemption and reconciliation and wholeness to our world. And so when Paul refers to Epaphroditus, he says, this isn't that just my brother who I'm in a love relationship with in a family where we serve each other. This isn't just my coworker where I'm, who I'm organically connected to, working together, understanding myself, understanding his uniqueness, my uniqueness. This is also my fellow soldier. We are in a movement together to bring God's healing and reconciliation and restoration and redemption to this isn't that incredible? In just that one sentence, we get this multifaceted picture of what it means to be the church together. And hear me, implied or implicit in all of these pictures is serving. In a family, we don't volunteer, we serve out of a sense of love in order to foster love, in order to care for and show acceptance to one another. There's a serving capacity. It's a very active thing to be a part of a family. Even if it's just trying to keep the home or the apartment or wherever clean, you have to do that as a family. As a body, as body parts, there's, a un there's an understanding of my uniqueness and your uniqueness and an appreciation of our uniqueness and yet a recognition that we can't work by ourselves. We don't work for ourselves. We are seamlessly, organically connected and animated in a sense by God. And we serve each other in that the body works together for each other, with each other. And then in a movement, we are side by side sharing a mission that is carrying out in the world. Which is to say this, when you volunteer, you give your time. When you serve, you give yourself. 
right? Volunteers, you can sign up to do some stuff. But even as I describe, like the idea of signing up to visit your grandmother in the hospital on a volunteer sheet, or, or you know, your big toe signing up to be, a, be there when the body wants to walk to the fridge to get a drink. That's ridiculous, right? Volunteerism, it's not bad to give time, but serving is when you actually give yourself. When you yourself are fully invested like a family, like a body, in a mission and a movement like a soldier. Paul says, this is what it means to be together in the body of Christ. And implicit in all of this is serving. And serving is not just giving your time. It is giving yourself. And here's the thing. When you do that, right, you grow. You grow. You may say, well, how, how do I grow when I serve? Well, here's the thing. You grow in a family by learning how to love. When you're in a family, you grow by learning how to love. That's how you grow. That's what actually grows in your life is the ability to learn how to love. When you are a part of a body, you grow in learning how to work with others, right? If you're in a body and each of you is unique, each of, you, each of the body parts are not the same. They all kind of have different parts and different functions built different ways. And yet they cannot work by themselves and they do not work for themselves. So when you are in a body, when you recognize you're serving in a body, you are growing in learning how to work with others, how to actually be interdependent because you can't do it by yourself and you can't do it for yourself. You actually need other people to use their gifts to help you grow. And you need to use your gifts to help other grow, others grow. So in, the, in, the, in a family, we grow by learning how to love. If it's a body, we grow by learning how to work with each other. And when we are fellow soldiers in a movement, we grow by being connected to a purpose that is bigger than just me, right? We learn how to live for a purpose that is bigger than just me. That's what it means to actually be the body. That's how we grow in our faith. That's why serving is actually something that helps us to grow. When you volunteer, you give your time, but when you serve, you give yourself. And when you serve, you grow. To be honest, even in these interconnected relationships, in a family, in a body, in a movement, right? It's actually where we become aware of all of our issues, of all the things that need to grow, right? You can hide stuff from the world around you. You can't hide stuff from your family. Your family knows your junk. Your family knows where you need to change and where you need to grow. The body, if one part is not functioning, if it's hurting, if it's every, the rest of the body knows, right? You slam your thumb with a hammer, the rest of the body isn't unaware. It's immediately aware. If there are issues going on in, in your life, the rest of the body knows and is affected by it. We can't actually hide from those things. And in a movement, when we're trying to get something done in the world together, when we're trying to bring God's healing and love and redemption and grace, when we're hurting, when we're struggling, when we're falling behind, when we're out of rations or whatever, just to overplay the analogy, we all know it. When we're in those places of community, then we're pressed to grow because we realize the areas that need to grow in each other. So that's hard to give ourselves away. And yet, what we receive. When we're in a family, we also receive love that others are striving to show. We're not only trying to grow in being able to show love, we get to receive love. We get to receive love and acceptance. Some of us didn't have a good, healthy, functioning, biological family. You get a new family when you're a part of the body of Christ, a family that allows you to grow. 
When we are in a body, we actually start to understand who we are. We grow in our self-awareness and we get to receive the gifts of diversity that exist in a body. And we're in a movement, we get a sense of share, a sense of purpose that is higher than day-to-day life. Even if our work, even if our struggles, even if day-to-day life feels difficult or dull or like a grind, we can, we're part of a bigger purpose of what God is doing in the world. These are all the things we actually already begin to receive as we serve. I want to take a moment and do something that we try to do from time to time in our services was just to become more aware that Jesus is alive and he's actually speaking to us. And so I want to invite you into a five-minute silent conversation with Jesus, just wherever you are, wherever you happen to be. We're going to take five minutes and we're just going to reflect and not just reflect. I want you to ask Jesus this question. For some of you, this may be totally new in the fact that like what Jesus actually speaks. He does. (laughs) He's alive. He's with us through the Holy Spirit. Some of you, they may, you may be comfortable with this, but either way, we regularly need time, not just to hear about Jesus, but to hear from him. And so here's the question I want you to ask him. Jesus, which of these three ideas of being a part of a family or a body or a movement is most important for me to know or remember right now? You're going to ask him that and just wait for him to respond. And when he responds, if he says one or the other or whatever, ask him why. Why is that so important for me to know right now? If you don't hear anything in the five minutes, that's okay. At the very least, you had a bit of peace and quiet and silence, but this is a chance to actually tune in and you can trust what you begin to hear. So you're going to ask Jesus this question and just wait and listen for him to respond.
Last week was our 16th birthday as a church. And when we started, um, and over these 16 years, hundreds of people have been involved in a sense, not just giving their time, but giving themselves away and in the process growing. <laughs> and significantly, I've seen that in many of your lives, watching you serve and grow. I've seen that in my own life and in my own family's life. And yet in this season, this pandemic, this past little while, a lot of the things that we would normally get to do to serve and therefore to grow were stopped or halted or significantly reduced. And so it's possible that actually in part of the reason why many of us feel like our faith has stalled out, our faith is we're, we're stuck, is because in part we've missed the opportunities to serve and as we serve to grow. And we're in a season, in a sense, of restarting, not just one congregation, but three in each of our three sites, in King, in Bolton, and Vaughn. And so this is a beautiful opportunity, not just to give time to help kind of the, the church fully, you know, form again, but to actually grow and to grow in your faith as you serve. In a few moments, you're going to hear um, from some of the people in our community on how serving has helped them grow in their faith. But before we do, we're just going to pause and we're going to sing a song together that talks about um, both receiving the love of God and allowing him to send us out into the world uh, in the mission that he is on to bring his healing and restoration and his love. So we're going to sing together and then you're going to get to hear from some people in our own community of how they have been growing as they have served. Worthy of every song we could ever sing.
Okay, well, hello church. Hello, um, all three sites in our online site. I think you know me, I introduce myself all the time here. My name is Melissa Urick, and I'm on the staff team here at The Well, and I have the privilege of chatting with these fine people today. We are doing it over Zoom, which I think you've noticed. Um, but we're here to talk about how serving um, together is actually a catalyst for faith in our lives. And so, um, yeah, this is just going to be a really kind of informal conversation. We hope and trust that it's going to bless you. So, um, guys, thank you so much for being here with me um, this evening. And I'm just going to ask each of you to kind of introduce yourself, uh, which site you attend, and where you are serving, like either currently or have served. Some of you will have longer lists than others. But, um, yeah, if you could share that just before we get started, that would be great. And I'm going to pick one of you to start. And Sarah. You get to go first. <laughs> okay, uh, Melissa, thank you. Uh, so my name is Sarah Flores. I attend the Vaughn site at, at Cineplex. And uh, right now I am serving as the WE team leader. And so um, it's been super great. First time I am in the leader position. I've served um, in kids ministry and I've also served for our ladies uh, night ministry, which is um, a ministry that helps women who've been sex trafficked, who've been um, sort of, you know, in that uh, industry, unfortunately. Um, and yeah, so I pretty much have done a little bit of everything, I think. And it, it brings even interned with us before. So oh, yeah, I even entered. I, yeah, I even entered. It's hard to say no to uh, <laughs> so like, well, I will. Yeah, that's say. right. So, Sarah, don't tell them. Don't I know. <laughs> so <laughs> that's a little bit of, of me and where I've served um, alongside um, you guys, the church. Thanks, Sarah. Okay, Dan, you're next on my screen. I'm Dan. I'm from the uh, King site. Uh, currently, I'm doing setup and teardown at the King site. I've kind of bounced around a bunch of stuff. Like I started on uh, Media Shout, uh, and I even when I was overseas for a bit, did some sound and all that type of stuff. So I bounced around a bit, but that's currently awesome. what I'm doing at King. Thanks, Dan. All right, Nancy, you're up. Okay, I'm Nancy Sinclair. And I am at the Bolton site, and presently I would be serving on the prayer team, um, scripture reading, uh, greeting if I'm needed, communion, and head of the care team. And I would say that I've served just about everywhere, except when it comes to uh, recording or anything that's techie. <laughs> Leave me out of it. <laughs> All right, and Gavin, that leaves you. Hi everyone, I'm Gavin Singh. Um, I'm at the Vaughn site and I'm serving on the WE team. And I generally stuck with it because I, I really like it. All right, guys, so we've got two Vaughns, a Bolton and a King here. And so um, I'm actually just going to go through some different questions that we've chatted about actually already and um, just to hear about how serving has impacted your life. And so um, the first one that we just want to talk about is we talk, we call this faith catalyst serve side by side, because the truth is we don't serve by ourselves. Nobody's really alone in anything that we do here. And so I'd love to hear about how um, serving has impacted your, any relationships that you've had with others in our church. Um, I, I was going to say just being on, on the we team and, you know, greeting, I've got to meet so many people. It's just an easy way for me to meet people 
and connect with them and get into conversation with them and get to know everybody's name. It's just, I, I think just made it so easy to connect with others. And then that's on top of usually working with different people every week. So with the people I work with, I get to have even more in-depth conversation. So it's really facilitated connections within the church for me and just getting to know people and their stories. Yeah, that's really good, Gav. That's really good. Okay, Nancy, what about you? What about relationships for you? Yeah, when I first came to the church and I was brand new, needed to get my feet wet, I went into hostessing. And of course, you'd be working with other people or have to ask people on when you're not there. So yes, you get to know people and you get to see their gifts. And it's an opportunity um, to get to know them on a deeper level, but also maybe pray for them or encourage them. And it's just not a, hi, how are you? How was your week type of thing? It's a little deeper. And that's so important to build those relationships. I mean, both of you touched on this idea that it kind of creates an atmosphere where you're able to go a little bit deeper with some people, or there's a familiarity that grows with the people that you're working with. But a lot of times there are challenges and difficulties with working with people who don't necessarily think or do things the way you do things. Um, what are some challenges that you've encountered over serving before? Does anybody want to go with that? I, I don't want to point you out, but. So you might be starting in on a project and do go to do something. And the other person is thinking a totally different way. And they're kind of surprised by what you're doing. And they'll say, oh, well, I would have done this or I'm, I was starting this. And it kind of opens up your mind as mm -hmm. to, you know, there are different ways of approaching things. So that's really good to share in that. And also, once again, you're seeing their skill at work. And uh, that's very helpful. Mm -hmm. That's great. Thanks, Nancy. I think a challenge as a leader, I would say, is I never want to, because uh, I think about work too, I never want to like burn out like the people on my team. And I just think like, you know, um, I think church should be a place where you um, kind of reset and try to like refocus on how you want your week to be. And so if, you know, for, if for some reason, if someone last minute, you know, can't serve that Sunday, like I sometimes there are challenges where it's like, well, this person was on the week before, or, you know, this person has prior engagement. Like, I think I try to be as fair as, as I can. And even get, I think Gavin can, can attest to this. Like, I just, I want to make sure that like, you know, people on my team don't feel burnt out because I don't think like that should be a feeling that you feel when you're serving. I think it should bring you joy and it should be something that you feel like, you know, I'm doing this not for anyone, you know, here, but like at the end of the day, I think serving should be something that like is for God is like something that we get to do like for our, the church, for the people that are coming into um, like service every Sunday. So I think that would be a challenge. Um, and then making sure that like whoever is serving, um, if they're serving in other different ministries too. And, you know, if they tell you, you know, I kind of want to walk, cause I've been in that position, like walking away from different ministry ministries because your heart is, you know, tugging you or, or you're being pulled somewhere else where you feel your passions more align. Um, mm -hmm. So yeah, I think that, that I would say that. From that, one of the other things that I have found, I mean, maybe I'm the only one, but often you don't feel equipped to, to serve. 
doctor, right? I don't know how many of you have been asked to do something. You're like, I can't do that. Or I, you know, I don't feel, um, but then you start doing the thing and you realize you can. Um, the reason we call this a faith catalyst, so I serving as a faith catalyst, um, it's because actually when we um, use our gifts and talents, whether we know we have them or not to serve, we actually grow closer um, in, to God, to in our relationship with God. Can anybody, does anybody here want to talk about how serving has impacted your life personally or ways that you've maybe seen God um, working in your life through serving? I think personally, like you mentioned, sometimes, you know, when you are serving, you don't feel equipped. And I think that's something that I really related to when, like, I remember Melissa asking me to take on that, like, we team, like, leadership, because I'm like, me, like, I'm not, I am not worthy of replacing Melissa. Um, and I think that, um, like, I got a lot, like, I got really insecure, and I got really in my head. And I knew that wasn't from God. I, I think for a long time before saying yes, like, cause I remember Melissa like has a, had approached me before. And I said, I don't think this is, this is, you know the right time for me. And I think when you feel like I mentioned earlier like it's like tugging at your heartstrings. And I, I think that's like the Holy Spirit trying to work within you. It's like, I think it's like, you know don't be scared. You know, I think um, like through prayer and just through you know, affirmations, like, I know I'm capable. And I know, like, I, I'm a very social person, I try, you know, I try to be as friendly as possible. And that's, I think, one of the strengths and one of the things that like, God has blessed me with, like being able to talk to pretty much anybody. Um, so I'm like, how can I serve you, God, through this gift, through these gifts that you've given me? So I think, um, I think serving has really showed me like the, the different things that I'm passionate about because I am in communications and you know serving like you are at the front you are the first people that you know people see when they enter our church whether it's in a movie theater at church or at Bolton um so I think I think through prayer and even through like speaking to different people at our church like I think that really helped me get out of sort of like my head like again, I'm not doing this for anyone else here. I'm doing this. I'm serving because I know it glorifies God. So I think it really does help you get closer to God and helps you get closer to the people that you're serving alongside with. And I know even before COVID, like I was able to meet so many different people that I don't think I would have if I hadn't served in those different ministries. And even like speaking on like ladies night ministry, like oh my gosh, like just hearing the stories of those ladies impacted through their struggles, like it really just like shifts your mind. And it really just like makes you a lot more grateful for the things that, you know, you have and the people that are in your circle that are in your corner. Um, so I think serving just allows you to get a lot more closer to God um, and just shows you what, what you're capable of, really. It's so good, Sarah. It's so good. Dan? Um, yeah, I mean, I, I bounced around a bit. Um, you know, one of the things uh, when I was doing media shout and stuff, you get to learn the songs. Um, you get to spend some time with the sermon notes, things like that. And you get to maybe focus less on singing them and more on the words. Hmm. So, um, so I, I think there are some benefits along those lines. Uh, you know, you can make some friendships and some relationships that last yeah. a long time. I think that's good. Um, yeah, I mean. Yeah, 
I think that's great, Dan. I think you've actually hit on a couple of things there. I think part of like even the preparation of serving actually challenges you to own your own faith a little bit more, right? Because whether or not it's, you know, prepping for just so everybody knows media show, now we call it pro presenter. It's the stuff that makes it so you can sing um, when we're in church. Um, but like preparing those things and being a part of that, I think, um, you know, we always try to pray before we do things here at the well, we try, we always invite the Holy Spirit in. And so I think all of those things are actually just make you more intentional, right? The other thing that I've heard actually Sarah and Dan both say, and I think actually Nancy and Gavin, you both have actually touched on it. I feel like one of the things um, people really struggle with is trying to figure out like what they're good at or what their gifts are. We talk about that a lot, don't we? Like, oh, we know that God gives each of us gifts and we're like searching to try and figure out what that is. But the truth is until you start doing some of the things, you don't actually know. Oh, and it's in the doing, right? That you, um, you know, and I'm actually in a really privileged spot here because I've worked with each one of you in many different ways. Um, in lots of different areas of our churches. And I get to see how those, like those gifts are either growing or present in you. And when you work with somebody, actually we have the ability to point that out in one another. Like, and um, I think one of the things that feels like a trap a little bit when we do stuff is that um, we don't wanna hold up any one person or any one thing, um, any one ministry as like the place to serve in, or this is like the star volunteer or whatever that is. Um, that's certainly not it. In fact, the reason we do stuff like this is because we want you to see that we're all just regular people um, putting one foot in front of the other and like putting our hand up or maybe having our hand held up for us, um, but being willing to actually try and to serve something. So um, all of you have said yes in various capacities. So I was hoping that you we could end today with a little bit of an encouragement for our church as they hear this. Um, like, what do you hope for your site for our church? Um, as we learn how to serve together? What's a, a word of encouragement or a, a hope that you have for them as we um, as we as we serve side by side? I would say be willing to take a risk. Um, I know that I have done that in different times and maybe not felt adequate, but when I took the risk, I was really um, encouraged and surprised and learned so much and I felt useful to God. So it was, it was a little intimidating in the beginning, but boy, it was really worth it. That's good, Nancy. All right. It's worth the risk, church. You hear that? Are you writing this down? I hope so. I hope so. All right. Who's next? I'll go. Um, to echo one of your points, Melissa, you, you know, you're saying just, just dive into it. You don't have to try to figure out what your gift is and where would it best suit. Just try something, get, get into it. I, I think you would just ask me to usher many, many, many years ago. And I'm like, okay, sure. Let, let's, let's do that. And it, it, and it worked out well for yeah. me. So I'd, I'd encourage, similar to what Nancy's saying, just kind of dive into it. And then my, my hope is, you know, before COVID, I had started noticing like so many new faces just popping in. Usually, like I recognize most of the faces, but at one point it was like, I don't know a lot of these people, which is good. It means a lot of people are coming there. And I, and I hope, you know, through COVID with the online, um, and then eventually, hopefully when, when we return full time, that um, that continues. 
even more so now that now that we've been online that's good gavin okay so take a risk just say yes i love these these are great hopes and and challenges for our church okay who's next sarah or dan i was just gonna say um i i just because this is something that really helped me is like no similar to what like people have said already like know your worth like you are worthy of so many so many things that god has blessed you with and see what your strengths are like you know so many of my friends you know whether they do worship or in kids ministry these are things that you know they're really passionate about whether they're teachers or they're musicians um or like me i love to meet new people and talk to people like really like emphasize on those strengths but even if you know you're not really um confident in what you know you think you should go into or not like i would just encourage you and my hope is to not be shy and really reach out to the leaders and see like where the help is needed because a lot of the times i feel like again the holy spirit is knocking on our hearts and um there are so many different opportunities to serve at the church and it's a lot of fun like i i don't know we have fun i i at least i hope right gavin now we do totally. <laughs> yeah yeah, I love that, Sarah. So I love that word for you, church. Like you have purpose here. Like there's a reason. That's what I hear in what you're saying, Sarah. There's a reason that you are at whichever site you're at. Um, and the only way you're going to actually kind of figure that out is if you just say yes. So yeah, okay. I love that. Okay, Dan, we're ready for your gold now. All right. I, I guess grace, um, that's the word that comes to mind anyways. And for me, it kind of plays out that you don't have to be perfect. You're not going to get it right, maybe the first time. Uh, I mean, when I was doing Pro Presenter, I guess it's called now, um, I didn't always get the lyrics right because I didn't know the song, all this type of stuff. But that's not the end of the world. It's not about being perfect. Um, and I didn't even know what I was doing, but you grow into it. And, um, and so you don't have to worry about being perfect, I don't think. You try and do your best, but there is grace when we make mistakes and we try and learn from them. So... You know, it's not like a job where you're going to get fired and you learn and you're allowed, you know, to to grow into it and not have to already be there. So so in that sense, uh, I found that very beneficial in a lot of areas. So anyways, Grace would be, I think, the one for me. Ah, Dan, that's so good. I love that, guys. I, I hope you hear that, too. Like there are, there is space for you. And honestly, we for sure, I think we were talking about this. We expect the mess. We don't expect things to be perfect. What we want for you, um, Pastor Vijay often says this, that it's easy to ask people to serve. And I think most people here have, have been asked to serve by me. So don't avoid me in the hallways. I promise I have other things to talk about, but we don't ask you to serve because we want something from you. The truth is we believe that God has something for you um, as you serve. And so, you know, a big thank you guys. Thank you, Gavin and Nancy and Sarah and Dan. Um, thank you for the way you blessed me and my family. Um, everyone in my house knows you and feels um, like have been touched by the way that you serve and the way that you give to our church. And we especially thank you for today for taking this time and, and chatting with everybody. And um, yeah, if you want to join any of their teams, church, I think you could always contact them. So just take a look around. But thanks, guys. This has been great. So where do we go from here? 
Well, this week uh, in your home groups, we're actually in a season in a rhythm in our home groups called the Upside Down Party. And that's a four-week rhythm and a, and a rotation of what it means to gather as community in small groups. You heard about that last week. If you didn't catch that, you can go back and listen. But one of those things, the down part, is actually us getting down and serving together. And so you're going to have a chance in your home groups this week to talk about what it would look like, in a sense, to be in a movement together, what it would look like to serve your community, your neighborhood, the area, or people that you know that are personal connected to your home group who need help. You're going to have chances to brainstorm uh, that together and talk about what it means to grow as a home group community in being able to serve and really to be um, to use our gifts as the body together, but also to be in a movement together uh, in the communities where you are. And then secondly, I want to direct you to, even now just for a few minutes, to the well.ca slash serve. And there are a ton of opportunities for you to get involved with and to serve. For some of you, you're already serving, which hopefully this has just been encouragement to not just give your time, but actually give your heart as well. And this is why you're doing it, to be able to grow. But some of you who are new and say, I've never served before, or you used to serve and you haven't again, and you want to re-engage, um, I want to encourage you to go there. And you can go there even now. If you're on your device or, or a tablet, you have a computer nearby, just go to the well.ca slash serve. And you'll see a few things. First of all, you'll see on the opening page, this thing, we just say, hey, first serve, which is just to say, Try something. You don't have to commit your life or give a pint of blood or something like that. Um, but just to say, hey, I want to explore a little bit of where I might be effective, how I could grow, or where my gifts and, and talents might be in this area. So you can go and it's, it's a first serve opportunity. And then it's just going to ask you to say, hey, where are you at right now? Are you ready to jump in? Do you have more questions? Are you a bit hesitant? Whatever that is, you can kind of click on that. And then it'll direct you to get in touch with one of our site pastors or to explore some opportunities. And you'll see on the different pages we have, whether in your Bolton or King or Vaughn, there's different opportunities to serve. Now, if you click on one of those, say like uh, AV or whatever, it'll actually give you a little bit of a description. It'll say, hey, you might like this if. Here's, here's a way to sense if this might be a good fit for you, right? Because you're assessing, hey, uh, what kind of a body part am I? Where do I fit? Where are my passions, talents, energies, uh, giftings could go? And so you can uh, check that out. And it also says how many positions or how many people there are that we need for that team um, in order for the body to work together that way. And so you can have a sense of where the need is. And then there's just a little email form at the bottom where you can fill it out and say, hey, I'm interested in this. Again, this isn't gonna sign you up for life or anything, but it'll say, hey, I wanna take a step. I wanna, I wanna actually open a door to grow in my life by serving. And so I'd encourage you to check that out. Even now, you can just tune out and stop listening to the rest of what I say. You wanna follow that rabbit trail down and see where that might lead you. So I'd encourage you to do that. Man, giving yourself away is way harder than just giving your time, right? Serving, way harder than volunteering. So why would you do it? Well, Jesus actually gave us a, such a beautiful answer to that question. He said, anyone who tries to hang on to themselves will end up losing themselves. In other words, the more that we want to get, we'll end up slipping through our fingers the tighter we hold, hanging on to ourselves. He said, but those who are willing to give themselves away will find the life that they are longing for. And so my prayer for you in this season, and maybe you've felt like some of the things you're trying to get are just slipping through your fingers, a sense of peace, a sense of joy, a sense of happiness, a sense of purpose that's been slipping through your fingers, it's hard to get, would come flooding back into your life, life to the full, as you are willing, not just to give some of your time, but to give yourself as well.